Welcome to the Rooster Teeth Drunk Tank. That's like the trance theme song. Yeah, that one had a little bit of soul to it. A little like house it. music there. <laughs> Depeche but Teeth. That's the Ouroboros theme song. <laughs> that's Ouroboros? Yeah, Ouroboros submitted that one. Nice. Really? Yeah. And, and I guess he uh, he finally responded. You called him out a couple weeks ago, seeing if he would uh, he would submit a theme song. I didn't call him out. I was just a <laughs> fan of his prior work, and I thought, hey, let's get a RT uh, podcast theme song if we can <laughs> out of him. Or a Drunk Tank theme song. Excuse me. Do we call? It, do we ever refer to this as the RT podcast? So when I post it on the front page, sometimes I call it the Rooster Teeth podcast. Yeah, in yeah. parentheses, in parentheses only though. It's good that it has like seven names, so nobody's confused about what it actually is. Yeah, well, you know, it's not like you know, you know, you go out and mark we our billboards we put up for our podcast. We have a confusing branding. <laughs> Rooster Teeth Drunk Tank podcast made by the guys who brought you Red versus Blue dot com. <laughs> I like the sound of it. It's got a ring to it. There you go. So I'm sure is uh, I'm sure everyone's real glad to be back in the office after an exhausting week in San Diego. Yeah, I really am. I really, really am. I don't know. I wanted to stay in San Diego. <laughs> I'm, I was ready to be done with the convention, but man, I want to stay in San Diego. Well, you like uh, you like, like 75 degree weather? <laughs> yeah, I like it a little bit better than the 30 degree jump in temperature that we got when we got back here. You know, it's last, literally 30 degrees hotter. Last here. last night at 10 p.m. it was 90 degrees still. Yeah, you guys will be happy to know this is our 42nd day over 100 this year in Austin. That's fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. That's 4,200 degrees. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can true. we just like the sun? The, when we were coming in for the landing in Austin, the turbulence yeah. was probably the worst turbulence I felt on a landing in Austin, at least. Yeah, for sure. Of, in, of any plane ride ever. And you know, it's just because there's so much heat radiate, radiating, radiating up from the ground. Jesus, right what now. are you, a scientist or something? Yeah, you sound super smart. Yeah, well, to ask me about bullets and their trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other discussion. But... It was it was nuts. I mean, it's like 105 here every day, mm-hmm. every single day. You know what to me the worst is, is when you know it's going to be bad, is when you step off the plane into the jetway, and you're not in the airport yet. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. walking up the the little portable ramp they have outside, which is obviously not environment controlled, and you know it's hot. You know, you mm-hmm. just feel it. You're like, oh shit, yep. That's your first experience with the Austin heat as soon as you step out. And then Ooh. once you step out the airport and the sun actually hits your skin, it burns. It tingles. Yeah, exactly. It's like man, we saw that guy uh, walking to the long term lot on the way out of the oh, airport. Man. We're driving out. We've been driving out of that parking lot because it's so big for like five minutes. It seems like, and we see a guy, this <laughs> poor guy, and he's like, you know, totally bald, and he's like carrying all this heavy luggage, and he's just sweating it. One hundred and five degree heat. And I was like, man, that guy's head is gonna be like raspberry colored by the time he gets back to his car he's going a lobster and he was heavily dressed too and he was heavily dressed and, yeah. was, he, and I think he was looking around like he didn't know where he was parked yeah he yeah. was like looking at all the different lobs and just kind of walking down the road like oh man Poor fucker he was wearing he's a dead. parka he's dead now you know Becca uploaded a photo the other day from her car where the uh, temperature in her car said 111 degrees <sighs> wow man. you know um, the people in Seattle have been complaining they're finally getting hit by some serious heat and I've been hearing lots of complaints from them that it's just brutal up there as well. What do you think serious heat is to people in Seattle, like 85? I'm just about to look it up. I would guess 85, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, this rain like, is warm. <laughs> I'm sure they have a lot more humidity up there. I don't know. That might, make, that might make it a lot no, more No, no, that's, that's a serious deal because we've had a couple humid days here, and it's not fun. Unless yeah. you've lived yeah. in Houston, 
or Mississippi or Louisiana or Alabama. You, you yeah. don't know what humidity it's is. It's true. I, I, I lived in Puerto Rico for a while, and I think the hottest it ever got there was like 82 degrees, but it felt like 10 times hotter than any temperature we've had out here. Dude, when I was in Panama back in the day, the humidity was actually 100%, which you would think would be like a wall <laughs> yeah. of water. It's not, but that was fucking humid. That was like... I don't even want to talk about... You can't wear underwear because your shit just gets gross. <laughs> you know what Especially I love? if you're living in the jungle. I love... <laughs> I love that I we thinking. actually had a 30-minute meeting yesterday where we planned out the topics for the drunk tank, <laughs> and then we immediately get into some random you're, conversation for... You can't, you can't plan the drunk tank. The drunk right. tank just happened. Drunk tank plans you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeff, you told me a really funny story about uh, weather one time when you were stationed in the Persian Gulf after the Gulf War. Uh-huh. And... You said that it would be like 140 degrees during the day. Literally, like it gets gets the hottest I ever saw it was like 156 degrees. Yeah, 156. Yeah, that's what wow. the temperature gauges would say. That's like, but that's it was like 15 degrees away from chicken being done. Yeah, no, no, it's fucked up. It was <laughs> seriously. Yeah, no, it's pretty fucking hot. <laughs> was it would chicken be like, one of the guys you were working with. <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant Chicken. Uh, it uh, it would on average be like 130 though. Like it'd be like 120, 130, 140. And then you would go back to the bunk at night. Which was air conditioned. Which was air conditioned. And I would come in, and I was wearing, because <laughs> the army was cheap when I was in, and they gave you winter weight. There's two different kinds of clothes you get, winter weight and summer weight. Uh-huh. And they gave us all winter weight to go to Kuwait with. You're so we also had to wear winter weight clothes, and we're not allowed to roll wow. our sleeves up in the field and the whole thing. So I would come in in these heavy clothes and uh, just sweating, because even at night it's like 125 degrees. And I would walk into the barracks, and I would be, f- and within five seconds, I'd be freezing, and I'd literally be shaking. And one night I was like, why would somebody make it 26 degrees in our barracks? And I walked over to the thermostat, and it was like 89. And you're freezing at 89. And I was 89. freezing. It was the coldest I'd ever been. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's wrong. It's wrong. God. Talk about a dry heat, too. <laughs> I would come back to, uh, to Colleen, you know, just north of Austin, and for about two months after I got back, all of the skin on my hands would peel off in layers over and over again. Like I had some kind of a disease because I hit, like hit the humidity and like just my skin shed. It was fucking disgusting. That's not good. So yeah. if you're listening from Seattle, that's what you're in for. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have sinus problems in Austin because it was just too humid for me. Austin was too humid. Yeah, and it's obviously a very dry place. Yeah, I, you know, I, I tell you, I, I've acclimated pretty well actually. Like it should and, be. You mean at just and just coming back from San Diego? You mean at 105 degrees, I should be miserable, and I'm not. You know? Really? Yeah. I, I didn't even find we went to San Diego. I felt like you know I got off there. It was 85 degrees, and I was like right away. I was the same level of discomfort. You know, it's it, too it, hot. It seemed like the sun was a little intense. Like when you're walking from the hotel to the convention center. Like, yeah, there, there were some days where it was it was beat you down a little bit. But really, even like when we were in the sun, like in full sun in San Diego, that was cooler. Than in the shade in Austin. Oh, yeah. No, by far. No doubt. No doubt. But, you know, it doesn't matter because the, the biggest problem with San Diego and Comic-Con is how ungodly big that convention is yeah. and how much you're walking. Yeah. Like, we, whenever we'd go to New York for an event in New York, that was like a weekend of walking, which is nonstop. You get off the plane and you start walking and you never stop. Like, while you're watching the, the screening of Red vs. Blue, you're walking around the theater, it seemed like. Well, you, yeah, you, you essentially walk from pizza shop to Mr. Softy's. That is weird how they don't, have, they don't have seats at the theaters in New York. There's just all walking. It's platforms. all treadmills. <laughs> Bernie, and I used to have a, Bernie and I used to have a pact whenever we'd go to New York for events that we, if we saw a pizzeria, we had to stop and have a slice. Yep. And we would, and we would eat like seven slices of pizza a day, but we'd still lose weight in New York because we'd walk so much. We would, we would... Be at a pizza place. We'd see one across the street. We said we have to finish this slice because we have to walk across the street <laughs> and get a slice over there. It was and awesome. that was before we had an actual good pizzeria here in Austin. Yeah, how do you all, how do you all manage to stay so fit? <laughs> Eating so much pizza. It's all the walking, baby. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was the same way in Seattle with uh, the pretzel places. Those oh, pretzel right? places are hard to pass in the San Diego you should, convention You should make up a, a new diet called like the pizza diet, and look, you can only eat food you can walk to. Look like, who's talking, though. No, no, I'm saying. Like, I, I think it's a real thing. If you can walk to it and get it, you can eat it. That's not a bad idea. Every time we sent you guys out to get food, you either went and got In-N-Out burgers, and then one time you brought back like a steak sandwich. It was literally a steak on pieces of bread. Yeah, it was a New York strip steak in, uh, in between... Uh, Two giant pieces of bread. You're, but was it awesome? You're welcome, by the way. The bread was like butter soaked. Yeah, it was also the, because the, yeah, it was soaked in butter. And I don't know if y'all like blue cheese, but like they all they were That's supposed right. to come with blue cheese on them, and it was a yeah. giant tub of blue cheese we next just, to them. We just didn't want to give you guys the uh, 
cardboard disc pizza that they sell inside the convention center. We want well, I, 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 appreci- I appreciate that, actually. Yeah. The, 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 the food they sell at convention centers is terrible. But San Diego Comic-Con has one good thing going for it in that they have banned booths from selling Pocky, which is nice for me because I won't go into a, like a Pocky coma by the end <laughs> I, of it. Did they? I, I swear I saw one booth with Pocky. I don't, nope. I, Bernie and I spent like an hour walking around looking for it. We couldn't there, find it. There was one over there like in the low numbers, like in the 200s and 300s that had some. I is think that's only, the convention centers. They're it, starting to ban anyone from selling food. And I, I, don't, I think for a while they didn't know that booths were selling food. No, no, I think that's totally legit. I mean, I'm sure there's supposed to be permits or health regulations or something involved with selling people food. I guess so. They just want to make more money on their $8 turkey sandwiches. Yeah. I I know, I wouldn't wouldn't want to buy Pocky out of some dude's pocket. This was the 40th anniversary of Comic-Con, by the way, and I just want to point out that they also, for the first 35 years of Comic-Con, also missed that people were selling bootleg copies of every movie and every TV show ever. That's something that's really changed since and we that, started going to Comic Con. Yeah, for tremendously. Sure. Yeah, there's a whole bootleg DVD set up right next to the uh, the eight dollar hot dog stand as well. It's like you go over there and get like an eight dollar hot dog and an eight dollar copy of uh, Wolverine. All, all seasons of Futurama. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember I was in one of those bootleg booths. I was thinking, how can they like do this out in the open? You know, how can they have this? And then the guy had the audacity to have the signs up everywhere saying, uh. You are being watched. You are being videotaped. Oh, and I yeah. prosecute. It's like, well, well, good for fucking you, buddy. You know? You wouldn't want to steal your fucking stolen shows. It seems like what I see now, you know, obviously the bootleg thing has really died down. But what I see now is people buying stuff at the convention, then reselling it at their booth for a markup. Yeah. Like at this yeah. year's Comic-Con, we saw, you know, Griffball figures were being sold by Entertainment Earth for 17 bucks. Yeah. But then some dudes on they the other side... The of the convention, right, they were the actual distributors. They were the actual distributors. So people on the other side of the hall were selling the Griffball figures for like... 22 bucks. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That five bucks, worth it. <laughs> to not walk across that convention center floor, I, that's that's well worth it. By the way, we never introduced ourselves. They probably don't even know who the fuck's talking. Oh, well, they should know. They should know me. Who are you? I'm Gus. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Gus. Which hot chick are you this week? I'll be Marina Orlova. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll just be Jeff. <laughs> who, guess, who are you? We have Matt in here with us. That's what I wanted to point I out. I guess I'm just Matt. I want I want a whole, you know... Persona? Persona, pseudonym, nom de plume. What do you call it in radio? Uh, I don't know. Handle? Handle, yeah. The dude from Attack of the Show... I'm DJ Hellum. Let's we'll <laughs> light this motherfucker DJ up. DJ H. And this is probably the best description of what the Comic-Con crowd is like. He said, people at Comic-Con walk like old people fuck. And that's... <laughs> That is exactly right. I mean, you are just walking along there, and people are just I, doddering, like, duh, 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 you know. They're not going anywhere. They're just wandering, and then they stop every four feet to look at something or to take a freaking picture no, of the, something. The worst, of course, the stopping is terrible. What My my pet peeve <laughs> is when they're walking at a good clip, at a good speed, then all of a sudden they do a 90-degree turn without any warning. Oh, yeah. they do that all Plus, the time. And without looking, and you all of a sudden you're like, you're fucking smashing into the person. Not I, only I, are they not looking, but they'll look left and walk right. How the fuck do they do that? <laughs> well, they it's look hard. left to make sure there's nothing to walk to over and there. And you're right? always surprised. That's the other thing, is they're always surprised when they get run into. And it's like, how could how could you not get run into? It's it's like 150,000 people in here. Didn't you get run into and roughed up by someone, Bernie? Yeah, we both did. Oh, I did. I got roughed up by a celebrity's uh, entourage. I was, I was walking with... Uh, Jeff I'm Jeff Yes thanks I was going to say Gavin I'm DJ Helm <laughs> I was walking with Jeff across the floor And like these guys who They're called the elites Which are the security service there I guess And they're a bunch of fucking pricks And they were escorting They were escorting someone through the crowd You know they go Move 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 They like, make a big production out of it Where they could easily just part the ways That they wanted to Without screaming at the top of their lungs But But it makes them feel important Exactly They want to point out the fact That they're escorting a celebrity Which I sound all like disenchanted But I'm about to get all excited That I ran into a celebrity (laughs) Um, Anyway So this guy stopped He literally stopped me Like he put his hand on my chest To stop me And he goes Hold here We're coming through here Then he stops me So there's a space clearly in front of me Where I was walking That he prevented me from walking into Stops me Then proceeds to walk right through me like, he stops me in place and then walks, like, tries to walk around the back of me by walking through my left shoulder. It was just, like, the best lead block ever. Yeah, it yeah. was, it, it was, uh, the guy was a moron. And then, like, and I was like, you fucking asshole. And whoever he was escorting, like, like, reached out and, like, patted me on the forearm, the short guy, and he goes, sorry about that, buddy. And it was Danny DeVito. So, that was a I story. never saw him. 
But I, you, you think it'd be easier I didn't for them down enough. You think Seriously. it'd be easier for them to like put Danny DeVito on their shoulders and like piggyback him through the convention center, like Homer did with Mark Hamill. Well, I was I was thinking Yoda but, yeah. <laughs> and Luke Skywalker. But it sounds like both like Mark Dan, Danny DeVito yeah. was was a nice guy in this. He was. Scenario. He seemed nice. And it was just the, the handler who was kind of like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. douchebag. That always the case. And then another another my other celebrity sighting that I had on the floor was there was the end of the booth or the end of the con hall down by the video games. <clears throat> Which were kind of cordoned off at the back wall this time. Yeah, the far left wall. Yeah, and that part of the hall was deadly for traffic. I don't know what it was, but when you got down there past some of the movie stuff, it just became like you were shoulder to shoulder like Mardi Gras or a mosh pit. And it was impossible to navigate down there. And, um, yeah. uh, In the Warner area? Yeah, well, yeah, past that, past that. Anyway, so I was walking along in a pretty steady clip, pretty happy, and then I stopped dead and I'm sitting there like what is going on I see all these people with cameras over their heads pointing down at something and they're like oh here clearly there's a celebrity on the floor sitting there dead still smashed in between all these people for like two or three minutes which was an eternity then they finally start moving and I think okay well at least I'll get to see who this celebrity is you know at least I'll get something out of this it was Gene Simmons Nice. Did you get his autograph? Yeah, I'm yeah. a bit, I'm a big fan of his sex who tape. Is, who isn't a huge? Does he have a sex? He doesn't have a sex. Yeah, he totally. Does. Jesus He's totally Christ. fucking while. Uh, I want to know what love is is playing in the background. <laughs> Good lord. What is it with celebrities now where they're like, as they get older, they're just turning into like wax people. I don't know what it is. It's just like, yeah, he's not aged well. No, they, and they get like this. How how, how could he? Why don't they- <laughs> <laughs> with his lifestyle, is that a choice? They're not aging either. They're like there was no difference between. Gene Simmons and the old haggard uh, sword swallower who was sitting outside of our booth. <laughs> that that motherfucker. That guy was... I, I didn't want that guy around. No. That was messed up. You know, <laughs> you know the most frustrating part about that is... Um, well, you know, I guess I should explain to everyone. We had... In, uh, behind our booth was the Spike and Mike uh, Animation Festival booth, which I don't understand how they're still around with the internet being around. But... Um, I guess they're not dead. Yeah. Plus, I guess to get people to come to their booth, they, on the final day, they had a sword swallower. So in their booth, they had this dude who would, you know, obviously put a sword in his mouth and swallow it. And these huge crowds would would appear. People would be taking pictures and screaming, and they had like a megaphone. And yet, going back to those elite people, those elite people did nothing to disperse that crowd. Yet they came by our booth once to tell us to turn our monitors off because people weren't dispersing. More than once. They were were gathering uh, around our monitors and and were blocking the aisle. We have kind of a history at Comic-Con of them giving us a hard time about traffic. Which makes no sense whatsoever. We had that first booth that first year. It was at the end of that hallway. And it was just... I, we, we stay in our booth the entire time signing. Which they tried to move us out and tried to move us in the autograph area. And we just won't do it. Yeah. I just It's, it's like, well, that's it, what it we're do- here to do. It doesn't make sense. No, it makes no fucking sense. Especially when you can walk over to, like, the Mattel booth and there's, like, human dominoes in a big circle going around the entire booth that's, like, fucking 12 rows deep. Or you go nobody the, cares about that. You go down the other end of the booth, or the con hall, and there's, you know... Endless traffic. I mean, you can't yeah. even move. And like we have a we have a collection of people who are crowded around. We were showing the uh, red versus blue animated piece on our monitors about what once every fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was like a fifteen minute reel. So a crowd would build up for every fifteen minutes. A crowd would build up to watch it, and it would last four minutes, and then they would disperse. And some guy comes by and goes, "You need to turn off your monitors because these crowds are not dispersing." And so we said, "No, we're yeah. not gonna." You know. Yes, I, I'm sure they went over to fucking Lucasfilm or. Warner and told them to turn their monitors off because people were watching Star Wars. Absolutely. Or whatever Warner has. No, I was in there when they were showing the Old Republic trailer on the big screen over Uh there. And it was ridiculous. I mean, it was like... You could not move. I mean, it was like yeah. Mardi Gras times ten. Like I bet they almost. I bet they, were, they. I bet they almost had as many people watching that Old Republic trailer as we had watching Red vs. Blue animated. I would <laughs> almost. I, I bet almost. It was close. It was close, but by like a factor of a. Billion. But they, I tell you what, they did not have was you know. The Comic Con guys coming around and going, "Hey, yeah. let's disperse this crowd." Get out of you here! Know? By the way, Comic Con. How much longer can they call it Comic Con? Oh man, I went to a I went Did... to a party where we talked about that. Yeah, it is not a comic book convention at all. Like every year, there's nope, like don't say that. Well, every year there's like fifteen percent less comic related stuff and places that sell yeah. comic books. And it's like the video game sections three times the size it was when we first started going. Now, yeah, I don't think there was a video game section. When uh, no, we first I don't think going. so either. And now there's like it's all it's all Star Wars and video games and mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, yeah, and that video game section, I mean, like, that Xbox booth was a nightmare. You couldn't get, you couldn't get anywhere near it. It, I mean, it, it was the, probably, what, a 20 by 20 booth, 
and it only opened one direction. So mm-hmm. it was impossible to get in and out of that thing. Yep. And of course, they made a stage. How do you make a stage in a booth? <laughs> Let's lay out they, like that. Their Somehow architects they managed. figured it out, yeah. And uh, so the stage took up even more of the traffic flow, and it was just, man, it was impossible to get through that thing. You know, I'm really jealous that uh, you got to see big celebrities like uh, Danny DeVito and Gene yeah. Simmons. <laughs> I think the only celebrity I saw was uh, Marina Orlova. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, and, and we, we, we stalked her silently from afar. Is that the Hot for Words lady? Yeah, yeah it is. Dude, she was so hot. <laughs> her, her and her friend. We, I saw I saw a couple uh, super hot dudes. They were signing autographs. <laughs> Mr. Brent Spiner and Leonard Nimoy. I saw nice. Ed Ed those guys. <laughs> What's that it? was that was pretty funny. I kind of geeked out for a second when I saw them. I was really? like, oh, they're together. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're giving each other hand jobs under the table. <laughs> Dude, the hot for words chick. God damn. Guess when I saw the funniest thing? We were sitting at the bar in our hotel where she had like a hot for words meetup. <laughs> and we kind of went down there just to just to see what was going on, see if she was as hot in person as she was. And she was. And she, her friend that buys her drinks is even hotter, by the way. But uh, You know what would have been awesome if I thought about it ahead of time? Get her to sign a dictionary. <laughs> that's a good, pretty good that's idea. Funny. She has like a book she was signing. But anyway, uh, so Gus and I were sitting at the bar, and there was this big, big fat guy next to us who must have been like 400 pounds. And he kept bumping uh, I, I into Gus. I don't know if Gus. he was that big. Right, he, well, he, he was, was like a, a three, yeah. Yeah. And he kept bumping into Gus, and Gus got annoyed, so we went and sat somewhere else. And we watched that guy sit at the bar pounding drinks for about 45 minutes until he built up enough courage to walk over and ask to take a picture with her. Wow. And he, would just, he was just staring at her, and then he'd order another drink, stared at her, order another drink. And then he eventually like lumbered on over and took a photo and of course put his arm around yeah like as soon as he sits down he pulls the old like yaw like he totally did it around (laughs) around back really yeah it was totally awesome so where's your picture with it if he if he would have had a box of popcorn his dick would have been in it (laughs) i really wanted to get a picture but i I don't know i just i just feel weird going up to people yeah i don't picture especially like we have a weird perspective on it i think after working in the booth all day so let me give you an outsider's perspective here there's three lame dudes at the bar. Only one of them worked up the no, courage actually, to go over. That's we what I want to go over. I'll say this. There were a lot of lame dudes at the yeah. bar. There, there, there were probably as many dudes at the bar staring at Marina Orlova <laughs> as there were dudes actually in the meetup area. Probably. Uh, <laughs> talking with her. So there was the meetup and the nearby was the drink up, I guess. Yeah. The voyeur group. And you guys were part of that. We were part of the voyeur group, yes. She's a hot chiquita, man. Speaking of other hot chicks, did anybody get to see Megan Fox or uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt? They were both causing no. quite a stir. I saw Olivia Munn pictures since we got back where she was like in every Comic-Con appropriate costume ever made. Yep. Yeah, she changed clothes like every four minutes. It's yeah. awesome. I saw her walk. She was being escorted by a group of elites as well. And I, I didn't... You, uh, I didn't, you didn't, you didn't get in the way of that? You got to see a... a Celebrity ass, right, Bernie? <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, I didn't get to see her ass ass, but I, I was, uh, I was invited to go along and uh, sit in with a uh, interview with John Favreau because he was there to, uh, he was there to publicize Iron Man two. And the guy who was doing the interview said, "I know you're a huge Iron Man fan. John Favreau likes Halo, so why don't you come along?" And I said, "I said okay, sure." And so, you know, I got to meet John Favreau and talk with him for like ten minutes before his interview. But while we were waiting in the green room for for John Favreau, it was all the Iron Man cast and crew uh, who were there, and they were doing like various interviews. So while we we're waiting for John Favreau, I I think I stared at Scarlett Johansson's butt for about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not think I will be invited back. Did uh, Did you pretend to talk to somebody on text on your phone while you just took photo after photo after photo? <laughs> no, I, I, I think, just I, I just sat there the and drank water and you know took it all in. I think if anyone's watching, you stare at Car- Scarlett Johansson's butt. <laughs> I think you're forgiven. I think yeah. uh, I think it's the acceptable the acceptable thing to do in that situation. It's the norm. Right? It would yeah. be rude if you didn't. Yeah. If any had said if anyone had said anything to me, I would have just pretended like I was retarded and made them feel bad. <laughs> in in that know? moment, aren't you? I mean you've been reduced <laughs> no, to your, be re- your basic <laughs> stuff, you know? You know staring at the sun. Let's be honest. If you're <laughs> if you're in the room with Scarlett Johansson's butt, you're not gonna be noticed by anybody else anyway. <laughs> you just can't be you know, you can't you be seen. Can, you can steal wallets and watches all day long and yeah. never notice or care. It's like that's why meteors hit Jupiter and not Earth. It's because <laughs> there's more important things for them to hit. You know? That's why. And then I also got to see, um, like, see Sam Rockwell, who was just a cool dude. It seems yeah. like, yeah, just like, just a cool dude, you know, wandering around. And uh, oh, I had he, just he, seen he was just wandering around. Yeah, he was like walking back and forth, getting drinks and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want to be reporting on the comings and goings of these guys, but yeah. How, how was his butt? Yeah, I, I didn't see. Oh, I didn't see. Too bad. You know, we almost bumped into each other because we're both looking in the direction, as was everybody in the direction of Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. So. 
Okay. Is Sam Rock- Rockwell in the Iron- new Iron Man movie? Apparently so. If you're if you're like celebrity like Sam Rockwell and you get to go into those green room things too, are you thinking, man, I'm gonna get to look at Scarlett Johansson's butt too for ten minutes or whatever? No. It's like when does that wear off? I don't you think know? it ever oh, yeah, I'm does. sure it's like oh, Scarlett Johansson's butt again. Yep. <laughs> no, dude, that doesn't wear off. It never wears off. <laughs> I would be. I, yeah, I'm sure it does. I don't think so. And didn't she didn't she marry that guy um, Ryan Reynolds? And he's gonna be in uh, Green, Green Lantern. He's gonna be Green Lantern, right? Are y'all playing Mad so, Libs? <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking. So she'll be back at Comic Con next year, of course. Absolutely. What? Are you, who, who the fuck are you kidding? Why would she go back next year to tag should, along to for tag promotion along. for Green Lantern? Absolutely. No, I really doubt that. I okay, really doubt that. that. Okay, I, I guess she's not going back. Thanks for keeping us up to okay. date. Well, why would she go back? To, Scarlett Johansson's she, manager has spoken. Quite, quite good to crush our fantasy. Like, why, why can't she'll we, probably be like, in another big movie to promote. It's not like she's not. No, no, her career has gone downhill. You heard Bernie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's, all, it's all over her. No. She had her moment in the sun. <laughs> well, the end. I'm not trying to be rude, but why would she go back to Comic Con if she doesn't have to go to Comic Con? Because she'd hang out with her husband. No. No, that's no, not I, how don't it works. See, I don't see that. Like, I didn't see, you know, a bunch of wives. Like, I didn't run into Rhea Perlman when Danny DeVito bumped into me. Oh, man, that would have been you, awesome. That, that, that could have been the one thing that distracted with Scarlett <laughs> Johansson's butt. That would have been a great moment. You know, maybe she was cosplaying Yoda and I didn't notice her or something, you know, but. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, if you're married to Vicious. Scarlett Johansson, you can't let her out of your sight. He's got to probably. He's probably going to make her go. He, well, okay, here's a great example. I can I can prove this. Scarlett you can Johansson. Prove something that hasn't happened that might in the future. <laughs> yes, because I was in the room with Scarlett Johansson's butt, and I didn't see Ryan Reynolds anywhere, and I would have noticed him because goddamn it, he's dreamy. He's you a good-looking <laughs> dude. You would. <laughs> Okay. Dude, Jesus and Gandhi could have been in that no, room. I'll settle, I'll settle for that. He's married to Charles Johansson. Why the hell isn't he there helping her promote Iron Man 2? Because he, people don't do that. He was too busy promoting uh, Green Lantern. Yeah, but really, I mean, let, let's look at what? this. Let's look at this from a promotional perspective. If you're like a PR guy, you're like, okay, I have this Ryan Reynolds movie. It'd be awesome if we could get Scarlett Johansson to help promote it. You don't go, I've got this Scarlett Johansson movie. Jeez, I really wish I could get Ryan Reynolds on board with promoting <laughs> this. Because that guy's dreamy, like Bernie said. She'll be back next year to promote Iron Man 3. True. Or there whatever, you, you know, Woody Allen movie she's in next, right? <laughs> That's a, those are big hits at Comic-Con. Did that uh, Larry David Woody Allen movie come out? No, know. that looks pretty pretty funny, I have to say. I think it is. I, I think, think it's, it's like out. Larry... Yeah, I think it is out. Oh, is it? Yeah, I saw Larry David on The Tonight Show like two weeks ago promoting it. How was it? Those guys, like, they seem interchangeable. Good. No, man, I think... That... I don't know if Larry David is into it. You know. Larry David young, and Woody young, Allen young... are interchangeable? Yeah. I feel like they are. I mean, I don't know if Larry David's into young Asian chicks, but it, I mean, it seems like they have got the almost the exact same sense of humor and timing. Did Larry David really do anything before Seinfeld? Because I... he did he did stand up, didn't he? Yeah, it? yeah. He was, what, 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 how he came to meet Jerry Seinfeld and get in that whole thing? Yeah, and does he just look older, or is he is he really much older than than Jerry Seinfeld? Well, Jerry Seinfeld's he's, no spring chicken now. Uh, Larry David yeah. looks. Like a de- he's like he's got a decade or two on uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I agree with that. I bet if you I bet if you looked up Larry David on IMDb, you'd see a long list of writing credits. You think so? Yeah, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't be surprised. What well, was I that movie it. he made? Was it a Steve Martin movie that was like so abysmal that was just panned? Mixed nuts. Mixed nuts. Yes. Mixed nuts. Right. Yeah. Oh Jesus! I saw that. That thing was terrible. Yeah. He makes fun of that. I think. In uh... that had Adam Sandler in it too. I think. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Wow. Like early Adam Sandler. Larry David was born in '47, so he's over 60 years old at this yeah, point. Yeah, 62. Yeah. Wow, that's some yeah, good July second, happy birthday recently to Larry David. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> we know you're listening. That was good counting, man. Because <laughs> uh, math is the worst, as we found out at Comic Con. Yeah, we 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 met an artist named Scott Campbell. We have the thing that we do now is we walk around the last day of the con and try to find cool art. If you've seen some of the shorts, you've seen our Rock'em Sock'em robot. Yeah, I think we bought collection. that the first year we went to Comic Con. Was it the first year? Or yeah, first so. or second, yeah. yeah. So now we're determined every year from now on we're going to go around and get some cool art. And on the last day we found this dude, Scott Campbell. Scott C. Yeah, who did... Uh, we we had no idea. Yeah, we used, apparently done lots of stuff. And, and yeah. it was cool to it's find really, a guy yeah, who's... Yeah, it's really cool. Really yeah. super nice guy. And we, super nice super guy. Super nice guy. Very artisty. And uh, just super chill and laid back. And hey, man! Kind of confused. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we just loved his art because he had like... He had paintings of like Michael Jackson on roller skates dancing in a disco with, with a bunch zombies, of zombies. Yeah, and he had like cool. one of He-Man and uh, that, uh, Skeletor on a slip and slide <laughs> that uh, uh, Space Invaders uh, Devo, oh, yeah. Devo is, one yeah, yeah. like the Space Invaders they're dropping the missiles down on like Devo's hats so we, we bought a bunch of this stuff for the office and while we were talking to him we found out that he was the creative director on Brutal Legend yeah art director oh, art, art director, director on Brutal yeah. Legend because he had little patches there 
on the uh, on the table. I go, what's the brutal legend patch for? Is that um, did you do the like the cover art? Do some art for them? He's like, oh, he's an art director, man. It's like, <laughs> he was at that happy like disconnection that a lot yeah. of artists have. Was it Vic? No, <laughs> no. no. But we, were, we ordered like four. I got bought four or five of his prints, and they were different prices. And you could see him like regretting the folly of pricing these things differently. He's like, okay, okay, this one's twenty, and this one's thirty, and that's fit. Oh man, math is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> The best quote of Comic Con. It is math, math. Math is the worst. Should be a T-shirt. <laughs> but I, I looked that dude up after Comic Con. Pretty fucking famous guy. But I'm gonna play this. I'll probably post the whole thing or an edited version of this. But Matt just brought up a great point where great reunion at Comic Con on a personal level where Matt and I met Vic, who is our friend Victor, who is the inspiration for the character Vic in Red vs. Blue. When's the last time you had seen that dude? It's been a long time, man. It's been like, I want to say 10 years. It's been about four Red vs. Blue, so I would wow. say for me probably seven or eight years. Cause wow, it's oh, crazy. You, you saw him in San Antonio. That yeah, time. I had seen him, ju- I saw him just before we started Red vs. Blue, but he was, he wasn't really like that anymore, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't that kind of like, he didn't do all those voices Bernie, and silly stuff. Bernie, Vic and I had known each other from um, our early days in working on production. We worked on a bunch of commercials and some short films and movies together, a Sandra Bullock thing and some other stuff. And um, <laughs> Vic moved out to L.A. And then uh, Vic and I pulled a switcheroo on Bernie, where Bernie and I were living together in Austin, and I needed to go out to L.A. for a while to work on a movie. And Vic wanted to come back to Austin for some reason. So we were just like, hey, let's just trade places. You can have my apartment, I'll have yours. And so I went, I was, you know, I guess I wasn't thinking about it. I just moved into Vic's. He had a solo place in, you know, in uh, like in Venice Beach in California. It's awesome. And Bernie doesn't know Vic, and then one day he gets the knock on the door, and the guy says, "Hey, dude, I'm Vic. I'm here to live with you. I'm taking Matt's place." And I was um, like, "Okay, <laughs> come on in." And that was, and then they were living together. So and, that was like six months or something. Yeah, I lived with Vic for like six months. And then Vic moved back. Vic, Vic didn't tell me. He just one day just moved back to L.A. And then me and Vic and Joel too were all living together in this tiny one bedroom apartment in uh, in Venice Beach, California. That sounds hot. It was. It was It was sexy as Leonard Nimoy and Brent Spiner signing autographs together. So I'm going to try to play this as best I can, but this is me recording on my iPhone. I thought it would be fun to have the guy who inspired the character Vic read Vic lines. And so I'll, I'll have to like scrub through this really He quick. didn't want to actually read the lines and do any actual lines, though. No, he did. He, later, I'll, I'll strip the end of it to where he wants to do the lines. We're... Testing, one, two, three. This is Morgan Burns. Shout out to the microphone for Clarity Town. All right, now we're going to have a screen test for Vic playing Vic. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, okay, so what's the scene? So the scene is is that Vic is trying to give orders <laughs> to Doc, and the radio keeps cutting out, and Vic is, you know, hello, hello, trying to get hold of uh, Doc. All right, let's scrub it here to the end here. <laughs> Jonathan, hide. There's something underneath <laughs> your feet, below you. Tell him dirty business. <laughs> There's some dirty business afoot. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite. Can I, I tell know, this story? It's only like maybe I should you just tell me the lines and I'll say them. <laughs> give me some line. Give me a good say line. No, no solo mio yet, dude. What? Say no solo mio, dude. Dude, no solo mio. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we were out drinking, and so that was fun, man. It was and, really good to see him again. And the crazy thing about Vic is he's had a, he's had a crazy career. He went on to teach uh, video game development. His students knew about Red vs. Blue, and he said it's come up more than once. They've asked if they could do a paper or talk about it, you know, in classes, uh, reference to something they were working on. And you know, he, so he was aware of it this whole time, but never knew it was us. Never, never knew there was a character named Vic that was you know inspired by him. Or anything like that, and he uh, he had a weird thing when when I saw him last uh, before you saw him like it was it was after Sigraph, yeah it was Sigraph that's where I saw him yeah and uh, he was working on an amusement park a virtual reality mm. amusement park in Kansas that was based on the Wizard of Oz it sounded incredible it was actually. all like holographic stuff it was going to be this like super futuristic amusement park and it, you know as you can imagine it was probably way ahead of its time. And uh, just never, that project just kind of, you know, yeah. evaporated one day. So, 
But it was good to see him again. Yeah. He was a nice guy. Smart, funny guy. You know, we were um, we were talking about people who were not at Comic-Con the other day. And, like, there's all these booths. One of the booths that we're always very close to is the Penny Arcade booth. Mm-hmm. This time we were right across from them. We actually had a corner booth this year. Um, it's very hard to move your way up in the Comic-Con ranks to where you can get a bigger booth or a better placed booth. It's very, very hard. It's next one possible. Yeah. And you guys talked about how the comic booths, the actual comic-based vendors, they're shrinking every year. Absolutely. A little bit at a time. We went to a party where um, I was invited to a party with a bunch of, a lot of comic book people. There's a lot of comic book artists and writers there. I had to leave because I didn't want to be a fanboy. Really? I really did. I was just like, I got started to get nervous that I was going to be like, trip over my words and be like, oh my god, I love that issue 68 of Ultimate X-Men or like whatever, you know? So I, I was like, I bowed out. <laughs> but they were, I, I asked them, I said, um, a couple of people in the group, I said, do you guys, is there like a resentment among people from the comics industry that this thing is growing beyond comics? And it was unanimously, absolutely. Fuck everybody else. In fact, one of the guys said, "It's not the it's not the subtext; it's the text." <laughs> we hate this. You know, we can't stand the fact that it's just become this disgusting thing that's still called Comic Con. The weird thing about about Comic Con is that you know, it, it did actually start from being a comics centered convention, but now obviously it's movies and just pop culture and culture in general. But there's like a comic version of almost everything in yeah. a way. But a lot of that stuff doesn't come out, you know. Like every like major franchise, like Star Wars and stuff, that have the, have these enormous booths that take up so much of the show floor now. Like the comic is like an ancillary product that's just a side thing. It's almost like the now. It's almost like the comic book is like the incubator for uh, like what projects should go to film and video game. No, we're really? yeah. And they, yeah. they, next time, like next go round, it'll be for video games. You know, yeah. A lot of video games are like Prototype came out and it had a. Uh, comic that came out at the exact same time as the game, right? Yeah. yeah. So did uh, Dead Space, I think. Dead Space as well, yeah. yeah. You, so. know, you think that they'll ever uh, change the name Comic-Con? I don't. I mean, no. it's, it's so well-known. It's a great brand. But it also, it is weird because it does, does definitely doesn't seem to be not inclusive to what the convention is about anymore. But, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that happens all the time and you don't understand what the origin of the word is. You know, that's why we have hot for words to tell us yeah. these things, you know? <laughs> like, I wonder if kids will understand why we say hang up when we turn off a phone. You know, what what does that what does that mean? Hmm. That's a yeah, that's a good call. I wonder, like, if you take a company like Marvel, what the percentage of their revenue is that's comic based, like actual comic book sales, as opposed to point, licensing as opposed to, from movies, to licensing from movies yeah. and video games. Because they put out, I mean, their goal is to put out four movies a year, I, starting in two thousand eleven. I think. I was sure. I was wondering. I'm, I was at the uh, at the Iron Man booth. Well, they had the suits uh-huh. up, which is such an awesome booth, by the oh, way. Yeah, that was like cool. a Stark Enterprises. Yeah, awesome. so great. And um, they got the four seats, and I, there was a, a couple um, younger kids, you know, maybe like eight to ten year old range, that were looking at them. And I thought, you know, these kids probably, you know, saw the first movie or looking forward to the sex, second movie, might have no idea whatsoever that it was ever a comic book. Yeah, you know, and that's that is the way of Comic Con now. Even the ones that you said like are an incubator for a big movie. You know, it's like the the public mindset about it. It's like, it, this is a movie. It's not a comic book franchise anymore. It's a movie franchise. You know, I think, yeah. th- th- I think there might be a lot of confusion, not just about comic books like that, but about other things as well. Like one day I was walking to the convention center. I was walking behind two kids who must have been, you know, 16 years old or so. And they were looking at some of the Comic-Con promotional banners that were up on the street. And it said, like, San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> and it had a picture that said Avatar. And it had, like, you know, a blue kind of ghostly figure on it. And they were like, oh, wow, I can't wait for the Avatar. The last One of them was like, I can't wait for Avatar, the last Airbender movie. <laughs> and the other one was like, no, dude, that's not, that's not you know, the last Airbender. That's some other thing called Avatar. <laughs> and the first one was like, what? The second one was like, yeah, it's totally different. It has nothing at all to do with it. The first one was like, that's lame. They shouldn't be allowed to use the same name. They're totally ripping off the last Airbender. Like I was like, Cameron. God, these dudes, no. these kids probably have no idea how, I mean, how... These kids were probably six when Titanic came out. Did you watch? Have you seen the, the short yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, did, I put I put that in to the very end. After you told me that story, I thought it was so funny. We dropped that. It's very subtle, but at the very end of the thing, it's like Joel says, "Like, what do you want to see at Comic Con this year and see Avatar? It looks pretty cool." I'm like, "Yeah, the last Airbender, awesome." <laughs> you know, you could probably actually make a lot of money by marketing to the misunderstanding crowd because there's a high percentage of people who misunderstand almost everything they read. We yeah. had people come to the booth and say, 
what do you think about Comic-Con ending in 2012? Oh, my said, God. what the hell? What are you talking about? And they said, yeah, there's a sign down at the other end of the convention center that says they're Only- not going to hold Comic-Con after 2012. We walked down there. It was a poster for the movie 2012 that said, Only three Comic-Cons left. Enjoy it while you can. And people <laughs> took that literally that they were ending Comic-Con in 2012. You, no, you, you, you think the people who run Comic-Con would have an oversight on that and be like, no, you, no. you should reword that? Or yeah, Our audience is too stupid for this. Everyone, everyone will misunderstand this. I mean, what's the rational thought behind that? I mean, why would a kid think they're going to end Comic-Con in 2012? Because the banner said so. And there's no kind of, like, <laughs> scrutiny on that or anything at all. It's just, that's it, it's over. I mean, it's the same thing. People, you know, just take everything for face value. People see stuff on the internet, like, oh, it's got to be true. Someone wrote it down. I like that. <laughs> Someone I, typed it. I like that, that that movie, too, is about the end of the world in 2012. But it's like, really, the important thing here is the Comic-Con's ending. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, maybe, the total, you know, wiping out humanity for as, as we've known it. Those kids should have been concerned, also, that Hall H was for humans only. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There, exactly that, there, right. There's a District 9 poster letting you know no aliens allowed in Hall H. Well, it's good. Yeah, it's nice to have a sanctuary. In fact, I think those two posters might have been next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> so District 9, I've heard, I heard really positive things about District 9. Yeah, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, which kind of, you know, gives me a little bit of heartburn because that was the team that was going to make the Halo movie, you know. Right. And also another rumor I always heard was that Avatar was this juggernaut that nobody wanted to get in the way of. Avatar, like James Cameron's avatar? James Cameron's avatar. Oh, I was thinking the, the other Not one. M. Night Shyamalan's Not avatar? Not M. Night avatar. Um, you know, that, that they were going to be soaking up lots of visual effects houses. In fact, I heard a funny story that Weta Digital, which is the visual effects house at Weta, that of course is famous for making the Lord of the Rings movies, and it's partially owned by Peter Jackson, that it's a separate entity, and they kind of proved that by when Peter Jackson took District 9 to them to do the visual effects, they said, nah. You're not big enough budget, yeah. and uh, we're working on Avatar right now. So they had to go somewhere else to get their visual effects done. That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. But that man, that Neil Blumkamp guy, or Blumkamp, I don't know how to say the name. I apologize. But he, uh, that's a talented dude, man. Yeah, I, was, I really liked that Alive in Joburg short. That's great. And uh, I guess, you know, District 9 is just you know, a feature based on that. Have you Sorry. seen any of his other stuff? Uh, I've seen some of the commercial work he's done. I'm looking for that Adidas thing that we were reading about uh, Do you know what I'm talking about no yeah I know what you're talking about I don't think I've seen that one though which yeah. one was it they talked about it he, in Wired yeah he did some um, viral campaign for Adidas that just sounded crazy and also we just you know it it was like something about a computer or some kind of AI taking over yeah something so it sounded, it sounded pretty cool and like hmm. for his perspective with technology and the way he mixes that old and grungy and dirty kind of looking stuff with you know this super technology, like the alien stuff in District 9, it's like, I bet he did some really interesting stuff there. Sure. I'll see if I can find it for I, the link dump and put it in there. Yeah. He, he made a car commercial, a transforming car commercial. Yeah, the Citron commercial? Yes, that's everything you wish the Transformers movies really? were. Oh, God, yeah. It makes sense, and you can tell what's going on, yeah. and yeah. I and, remember for a long time, people would pass that commercial, like, clip around uh, in the U.S., cause, and they would cut out the tail where it's, you know, a Citron car. They'd say it was like a test piece for the Transformers no movie. But I don't, that that, I don't think that I don't think that commercial had yeah. Megan Fox, though. This is it. So it's not yeah, everything you want in Transformers. Yeah, it's, it's super it's, fucking it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, because you can tell it's a car. It doesn't actually look like a bunch of metal jutting out in weird directions. Yeah, the, the Citron doesn't turn into iron filings that then shape <laughs> shape of a, of a damn robot. So $400 million iron filings. But, you know... Uh, it's weird too because I keep reading all these things that Peter Jackson says about the Halo movie he'd still like to do it if he could but then he, he's kind of saying negative things about the whole Halo movie experience now you know to promote District 9 he's like, he says things like well District 9 is an original movie and you don't have any original movies anymore and it's great to have an original movie as opposed to just knockoffs and you know like the Halo movie which would have been just another video game movie release and it's like, well, okay. Well, well, then are you uh, interested in doing it or not? I had not you know? heard that. You know, he uh, his, his Halo game slash whatever it was, Halo Chronicles, I think it was called. Is that what they... Yeah, it's an episodic Halo is game it? they were going to re- release on Xbox Live. Yeah, that's shelved now, too. I just oh, is read. it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they said it's officially wow. canned. He, well, oh, he Jackson's said. camp says it's canceled. MS says it's on hold. So, I don't know. Well, MS There's could, some miscommunication. MS there. could probably take it to another Yeah, they don't need party, him, right? They can know? go anywhere. I guess. You know, who knows how the deal's worked out, you know? Maybe, yeah. maybe after, maybe there's a rights, rights thing where after a while it'll expire and then they can, you know, take it somewhere else and do right, something else with right. it. Sure. But he even said, like, he made a comment specifically saying that, and it's, it's, it's a valid comment. What he said was that there's no new properties really coming out, that everything is just a rehash of either a television show 
or a comic book property, you know, or just a remade movie, period. That's what's being put out these days. That's most of the movies that are out. We we talked about this for the top ten movies of last year. That every top one twenty of them, movies, of top last twenty, year. all of them were adaptations or remakes, yeah, or I think, sequels. I think fair, we talked about it in the drunk tank. Actually, it's a fair comment in general. Although you can pick apart anything to say, though, this is just this came from something else. Yeah, I mean, but, Gus and I were talking about District Nine is basically well, Alien Nation. He's Three saying threads. he's saying they're literally properties, yes. like yeah. literally like the Brady Bunch movie or Iron Man Two, Harry you know, Potter. They're, yeah. they're stuff. Yeah, there's a very clear line that this is obviously, sure. you know, derived or is a sequel to that. Which is a bold statement from the guy who remade King Kong, you know. It's like, well, <laughs> and, and Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings, True. right. But I could stand in the middle of Comic-Con and look in a 360 degree. Every one of those properties was around when I was a kid. I mean, Iron Man, Hulk, all the DC characters, Star Wars, they're all big. It seems like the only new big franchise out there are video game stuff. Like I, was about, I was yeah. about to say that, um, yeah, it, I saw the only new stuff I saw was all in the video game section. And yeah. uh, like one of the one of the things that that I saw that seemed like a it seems like it might be an interesting story was that Darksiders game. Yeah, yeah, that game looked pretty cool. Who was making that? Was that uh, THQ? THQ. Yeah, yeah. Gus and I got a chance to play that game, and it looks very wowish. But yeah, a lot of wow inspired art for sure. The story seemed really cool. Like the, f- it's like humans have died off. The four horsemen of the apocalypse came, and humans are all gone. Then after the horsemen of the apocalypse do their job, like uh, they you know basically I guess heaven tries to kill them and kills three of the four horsemen. And the only one left is war, and he has to fight, you know, both heaven and hell. That's cool. Yeah, they're all gunning for him. It was fun to play, too. Yeah. Really fun. Here's what Peter Jackson said. He told the LA Times, I think that's one of the most depressing things about the film industry generally today. The writers and directors should be blamed just as much as the studios. Studios. Dot, dot, dot. Everything seems to be a remake or adapting a 1970s TV show that was never particularly good to begin with. So, Yeah, a lot of, a lot of movies based on 70s shows these days. True. Well, is he knocking Land of the Lost? <laughs> Personally, I thought Starsky and Hutch was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. It's probably what people like Judd, Judd Apatow and comedies. You know, is I mean, their their comedies tend to be more original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Funny people. Funny people's too. looking pretty good to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually really want to see. That. I wish the trailer wasn't like seventeen minutes long. I don't like the viral marketing. No, I really no. don't you, like it. You don't they, like Randy. Their viral marketing. I guess I haven't seen it yet. That's the better version of their viral marketing, like their NBC fake sitcom. Yo, teach. Yeah, that, that was, was terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. I mean, it was an exercise in in terribleness, basically. But it really just wore you down. It really. It was did. almost like too accurate. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't think. Oh, maybe we should stick in jokes while we're making this accurate thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. And it's it's not really making me want to see funny people, but the trailers for funny people are making me want to see funny people. <laughs> that scene with, in the doctor's office is awesome. Pretty damn funny. <laughs> Pretty damn funny. If you haven't seen the trailer, Gus will do a link dump for it. Yeah. You, you, you don't, you're not my boss. Don't tell me what I'm doing. Gus, can you do a link dump for the trailer? Yes. Gus, Gus, only, Gus only links the stuff he talks about. Yeah. I don't know if you notice it or not. <laughs> he also edits the podcast so that his segues get put in, and I, I randomly make no sense. Like the time <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago... I started randomly talking about Christopher Walken because you cut out a Christopher Walken story that I told, but you left in me finishing the story just so you could have your Christopher Walken segue for whatever reason. Guess what? All that's going to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> so what else did we talk about? Let me see if I got everything. Kid, I have on my notes your stupid kid who thought Comic-Con is ending in 2012. <laughs> um, I did, we mentioned being across from Penny Arcade. I just want to say something that Gabe and Tycho are amazing. They're animals. They, we watch them in that booth sign for eight hours a day. Now, we do that too. We sit in the booth, but there's more of us who will sit there and sign, so we actually take breaks and, like, rotate out of the booth. In Those, theory. In theory. We're also signing and selling, though. It's a little, it's a little different. We're doing double duties. Yeah, know? that's, that's kind of rough. Because we don't have, rough. they have a much bigger booth because they've been there a lot longer time. They have three booths and we have one booth on the Yeah, they've got, yeah. they got five years on us at Comic Con. We actually got Scott Kurtz's booth from Player vs. Player Online. He gave up the corner booth because he, it wasn't worth it to him, but it was perfect for us because we could set up monitors on one side of our booth. Yeah, we basically great. switched booths. He kind of took our old booth, in essence, and we got his, which was very lucky yeah, for I th- us. I think it's fantastic. I'm so gl- glad to have that corner booth. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you so much, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's we the were, only way you can move up in Comic-Con. We were complaining earlier about the Comic-Con guys coming out and telling us to, to clear out and stuff, but man, this year's Comic-Con experience, far and away, better than any of our previous ones. Absolutely. Yeah, best booth position, best, like, just for the fans, it was the best, you know, because they could yeah, see more. Now we were, you know, we're on one of those giant freight aisles, like in front of us, I don't know if you noticed that, where that aisle right. in front of us is way bigger than the yep. typical aisle, so yeah. you can get more people out there, and 
everything about the the placement was a hell of a lot better. Yeah, we had yeah. a very steady crowd the entire time, but I didn't feel crowded, you know. Right. Nice. And I would say this Comic-Con had much better Scarlett Johansson butt than previous Comic-Cons <laughs> That's for me. true. So Scarlett Johansson butt, I'm assuming, was your uh, big favorite moment from Comic-Con? Actually, you know what? Was Actually, it? Talking to John Favreau, it's going to sound, you know, douchey like, to just repeat the conversation, but that was by far the best part. That was Meeting really John cool. Favreau. Yeah. And he gave me this thing, this, uh, this like, coin... Challenge coin from the from that's the set awesome. of Iron Man two, and this is awesome. I'm a, I'm a huge Iron Man fan, absolutely huge. I, you know, I've complained endlessly about the ground punch and stuff like that. So I think that's been the source of a comic joke several different times. Yep, yep. But um, what about everybody else's favorite moments, Gus? Um, I think taking the pedicab back from the yard house. Oh, dude, was probably my favorite. <laughs> that moment. was another ass right. story, <laughs> dude. This one's Ukrainian. Like a one track mind in this office. <laughs> Yeah, but seriously, that that like Ukrainian girl who was driving us back in the pedicab, fantastically if, talented girl. If you don't know what a pedicab is, it's a basically a bicycle rickshaw, essentially. <laughs> and if you don't know what a rickshaw is, Comic Con is ending in 2012. So it doesn't matter. I don't. I, this here's my favorite moment, and I don't. I don't know who you are that I'm going to tell this story about, but I I thank you nonetheless. We you know we've uh, sold a bunch of different products, t-shirts and DVDs and stuff over the years, but just recently we had this Griffball figure made. Though we didn't make it, McFarland Toys made it and they did an awesome job. But it's very, very cool to see something that you're associated with have an action figure come out. Again, Absolutely. They were selling them at Comic-Con, they went really well, and uh, people were bringing them around from uh, Entertainment Earth where they were selling them and we were autographing them. Jeff was doing most of that because he's Griff. And uh, <laughs> at one point in the con, I left to go get some food or something and I walked and there was a kid leaned up against the wall <laughs> and he had a griff ball action figure out and he was looking at it and he was staring at it like really intently and he i, I kind of like leaned in a little bit of like i was thinking man, i say a hey, cool griff ball action figure or something but he was like staring at the griff ball figure and he's going fucking awesome so cool so fucking cool and i was <laughs> like that is the best compliment ever for anything we've ever done of, that I that I can think of, it was like, like he was making love to that figure. It's like yeah. he was so excited about that. It's like, man, I like I remember how excited it w- I was to get, you know, the best like coolest Star Wars figure or whatever it was that I was into. You know, back then it's like you have that intensity for it, man. It's like it was so cool to hear somebody else with that intensity for something we've worked on. It was really. Dude, it was very cool. I feel like I should take mine back now. It's after fantastic. That, after that one. <laughs> Mine's I should have a more upstanding Mine's, favorite moment. Mine are all about food. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the, cool, the cool thing for that for me is I got one for my daughter, Millie, you know? Yeah. And I took it home and I let her play with it. And now sometimes she'll come up to me and she'll go, Daddy, do you want to play with Daddy? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. Nice. Uh, yard house, though. And uh, Gus and I found a secret steakhouse. But I'm never going to say the name. <laughs> oh yeah, that place was really good. It's right by the convention center. You know, uh, it seems like there's a there's a lot of nice restaurants right by the convention center there at Comic Con that are always empty 24 hours a day. Yeah, really. I guess uh, you know, kids are looking for you know the the less expensive food so they can spend more money on merchandise at the exhibit hall. And God like, bless them for that. Yeah, like, and, and we're huge fans of that. Like Gus and I were going to eat at Nobu the other day because it's a famous restaurant that Howard Stern frequents a lot, and I listen to the Howard Stern show. And I've always wanted to kind of check it out, and I didn't know they had one in San Diego. So we went there at like 12.15 in the afternoon, like lunch on Saturday. And we were looking at the menu, and we don't like seafood. Neither of us does. So we decided ultimately not to go there. But we looked inside, and there were literally zero people in Nobu. Every server Hmm. was standing at the window with their arms crossed, just looking out at the crowds. There was not one customer in the restaurant. Quiznos was packed. Is that the one? (laughs) (laughs) Is Nobu the one with the the chef guys on Iron Chef? I don't know. The TV show? I don't know. It's like they just made a movie or a comic book out of Iron Chef, and they some, you know. But uh, oh, you know what? My my coolest memory was probably uh, Gus and I got to see a private showing of Splinter Cell Conviction, and that game looks awesome. Did you guys play Left 4 Dead as well? Left 4 Dead. 2? No, we got to see it, but there was a we had a we had a press invite we were supposed to go to, but we were setting up and we couldn't yeah. make it. So we went to the public viewing and we watched people play it, and it looked super, super, super cool. But we did get to play uh, Bad Company 2. Which was also super cool. Yeah, it seems like they integrated a lot of the Battlefield 1943 controls and the squad system to uh, Bad Company 2. And to all the people that Gus and I heckled, I, I, I really apologize. We were really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> we started calling out the people who were, uh, who, who were, not, who were not picking up the weight for their team. We, just, we stood behind like eight hey. kids and just berated them for half an hour. <laughs> Speaking of um, picking up the weight for the team, uh, we should give a special thanks to 
our helpers this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Finch Lynch and Count 3D and they were Jack uh, what was, What's Jack's username? I forgot. Jack. Jack. Just Jack? They were in the podcast last week, by the way. Oh well, there you go. And but I, I, well, let me throw it, let me throw this in that, yeah, that we shot well. we shot a short in San Diego. It was the first time we shot a short outside of Austin, so it was a big challenge. And those three guys were there, and they just did a phenomenal job. And they were super helpful and super on the ball, and just jumped right in and did uh, went way way beyond the call. And we, we uh, I really it. appreciate it. You know the thing. You know, God bless them all. They all you know did a lot of work for us. But the thing that amazes me about those guys is, like, some of them we didn't even give a badge to. Like, they came down to Comic-Con on their own, not expecting to help us. Yeah. We were just like, hey, come help us with this stuff. That's Thanks. what happens when you're friends with Rooster Teeth, you know, on the crew. <laughs> it's expected. It's that fine line between exploiting and uh, joining you in the process. How, yeah. many, how many times have people come to visit us in the office, they show up unannounced, and they're like, hey, I'm just, you know, I, I watch your stuff online, I, and I saw that you guys are here in town, I thought I'd come by and visit you, and we're like, great, here's a controller. Here. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna say this line, Bob. Bob, this head. Yeah, take we, this trash out. I think <laughs> clean I think, the litter box. <laughs> I think we appropriately thanked them on the last day with the twenty-eight inch pizza we got. Oh, that was, that, that pizza was terrible, but it was huge. It was so. It's big. like you can make up for bad quality with just a mass with quantity. quantity. Yeah, we should post a photo if you have one. Yeah, I'll see if I can find one. We went. We uh, we took Matt's advice and drove over that big bridge over to Coronado. And it's uh, a cool place, right? Yeah, it yeah. Cool. We it was and, like a. Uh, we decided Jeff said he wanted pizza, so I looked on Urban Spoon and. Found some pizza place and they had a twenty-eight inch. It was like right on the water. Your pictures—it looked like you guys were eating a table. (laughs) (laughs) They dropped pepperoni on the table. Like they came and they brought the pizza out, and like other patrons started coming up to our table with cameras to take pictures of the pizza. Also, it's it's enormous. Also, it took an hour to cook. Gross. They were like, "You sure you want the 28? It's it be couldn't an hour. have been good, right? It no, it wasn't been great. Good, yeah, right? but the yeah. experience was great. They yeah. just gave you an hour to drink, right? And, and, and they gave us a free pitcher of beer, and they, nice. They were they super were, nice. Yeah, they really, really took care of us. Yeah, great staff. I don't remember the name of that pizza place, but everyone should uh, go. Village Pizzeria. Mozzarella Florida. sticks were fantastic. You know, I would think your favorite memories, you two shitheads, would be when you blew out the fucking stereo in the rental. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, what no, I think. We didn't do that. That just happened on its own. What does that mean? Well, You're the, the playing the radio. Was, the music wasn't even loud. Like, we were just going through the parking lot. The music we was... had just gone through the drive-thru, so the music was turned, like, super low. Yeah, right. And the speakers just, all of a sudden, Gus and I were driving five miles an hour through the In-N-Out parking lot, and all of a sudden, a shotgun went off. The whole fucking Lincoln Navigator we rented shook. It was crazy. I felt like I got punched in it. my chest. Yeah. Like the, it was so loud. We, I thought I thought a meteor fell. Yeah, I, I honestly thought for a second a meteor had hit our car. It was like, what the fuck was that? And then suddenly the stereo didn't work anymore. Yeah. But we rebooted the car and it started working again. Yeah, great, great. Re- rebooted the car. Yeah. I'm, sure, I, I'm sure the rental car company who will not be named here won't, uh... rhymes with Mertz. Although, yeah, I, I, I told them I don't want. Any, I was like, listen, something's wrong with the stereo in this car. It didn't work for a day, then it started working again. I was like, nothing we did caused that. You know though. I don't think anyone can have a stupider experience with rental car companies than Matt and I had in Seattle. I think that pretty much takes the cake. When we um, we basically stole an Infinity from a competing <laughs> company, we thought we'd upgrade. They they told us, hey, it's like twenty dollars, and you can upgrade to Infinity twenty dollars a day. We're like, hell, we're gonna be here one day. Let's do let's that. Do it, Why man. not? And so I said, roll it. It's the blue Infinity. It's right outside here. Right in Seattle is horrible. All the rental car companies are in the parking garage. So we walked right out the front door. There's a blue Infinity sitting right there. We get in it. And we drive away. And we get to that security booth, which I've never understand why they have that. It seems like such a stupid double check. Now I know why. Because not only did we take the wrong car, we took a car from another rental company. <laughs> like, like, just totally randomly wrong. stole a car. Which, dudes, we just stole an Infinity. Did the security guard draw their gun? <laughs> it was very, everyone was very confused. The, and... weird, the worst or biz- most bizarre part was when we had to give the car back. And the representatives from two, the two different car companies had to come and meet at the same time. With this other security personnel, it was like a Mexican standoff. Yeah, like we're all there together and racist. like racist. That was racist, wasn't that racist? That's, 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 I think super, that's I the appropriate think, term. I think it's a common term. Uh, don't. It's like I, the I, end I, of the good, the bad, and the ugly. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so the th- these three different groups, and they all have to like we have to exchange keys at the same time and pass it on. You've ruined the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the end. uh... The bad guy dies. In the end. In the bad guy dies. In the end. And then the guy's like, you trying to Jew us out of a car? <laughs> we, we, were gy- we were gypped. That's for sure. <laughs> Isn't that sort for gypsy? Horrible. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. 
nonstop over there. Gus picked is it there, up. Is there anything else uh, we need to talk about before we wrap up here? Well, you guys mentioned Battlefield 1943. I think it deserves a very special call out to note that Battlefield 1943 as an arcade game ended up in the top five Xbox Live games played across all retail games and everything. That's a big milestone, dude. Who that's incredible. That's got to be the first time that's happened on I think Xbox so too. Live. Yeah. I, I mean, we so watch too. that list every week, and I've never seen an arcade game yeah. make it into I the read, uh, I think I, it'll be I, a mainstay, too. List. It's going to be around for a while. I read an EA press blast that said they've sold 600,000 copies of that game across Xbox Live Arcade and PSN. I'd also like to point out, I was watching the, uh, you know, there was that Coral Sea contest to... When you get, when you got forty three global forty three million global kills, right. it unlocked the Coral Sea map. Right, it took PlayStation a full week longer than it took Xbox to get it. It's yeah. crazy. Xbox did it like in four days four or something. Days. How much are you gonna rub that in? As much as are, I can. Are you gonna bring that up like the every year, chance I get? The year end wrap up, every podcast. Yeah, but the uh, that 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 could end up being both the sales and the popularity of it now in the in the playlist. That might end up being at the end of the year the most influential thing that's happened. This year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, another cool thing I just read: uh, Ghostbusters just broke a million sales. Really? Nice. A million great, units. Million units. Great game. Well, good for them really because they cool had a hell of a time getting that game out. Yeah. yeah. Brutal Legend had that same problem. Where I don't know if I really disagree with why they're being sued at Brutal Legend. I don't know. As long as long as a cool as long as the game gets to come out. What's 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 the equivalent in video game industry now for a hundred million dollar movie? Hundred million dollar grossing. That was always like the watermark was hundred million dollars. I would think a million you know? sales, right? I would think so too. But it's not, it's not exactly equivalent in terms of a uh, of a dollar gross, no. right? Yeah. Well, you figure. I think the, I read like, that the Ghostbusters game cost thirty million to make. So oh, so if you're hitting, so a you million sold a sales. million, you made sixty million bucks. Oh, the hundred, that hundred million dollar watermark, which really doesn't mean what it used to either. No, no. Would you want to say a million sales in day one? That's a fa- that's huge. Well, that is huge. Yeah. yeah. That is huge, but like that's like that's like Halo Three and you know Call of Duty. Call of Duty yep. will be the biggest launch in entertainment history. They're saying yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that's another thing you say every five minutes. I'm excited about it. <laughs> that, that and the Coral Sea stats. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Do do do. Uh, what, what would you like to see change about Comic Con? Real quick. I'd like. I'd like to see a bigger venue. Well, I'd like to see a bigger venue. I would yeah. like, to like to see it change cities. No. I'd like it to stay in San Diego, but Las I don't Vegas. think I don't think it can fit. I don't no, care. I don't care where it is, as long Las as Vegas. as long as I'm not fucking Look, sandwiched in they, with 125,000 people. They need a bigger venue, yes, or to spread maybe spread it out over over more days or something to lower the that number of people in the. Well, it's suck for us, but I mean to lower the number of people in the hall at one time. But man, when, once you walk out of those convention doors and you're into the San Diego air. It's like, man, that's priceless. Cause that, yeah. that, that's why I'd San rather Diego's, keep it in San Diego exactly. than move it to Vegas. Can, I can't imagine walking out. I guess you don't have to walk outside in Vegas anywhere, be, ever. That would be terrible. It, yeah, it's yeah. so much more. Especially in July? What yeah. is with you gigantic pussies that you can't handle weather? I mean, <laughs> San Diego's so awesome. It's, a it's great not that city. you can't handle weather. It's that you can appreciate how great it is when you're there for the few fleeting moments we are. I'd like Get to see a fucking also, room. Also, you're, it's just like the... I want to make out with San Diego. I mean, San Diego's just a cool place. I mean, it is. It's, you know... The gas lamp district and the the beach being right there and the, you know it's just like scenic. I guess very, I guess though in Vegas's defense, if we get like frustrated and stressed out from working all day, we can go shoot guns. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You get a machine that gun. Is big and plus. Shoot. Vegas is way cooler than everything put together. I don't care if it's a thousand degrees. I'd like uh, to see how right. big it could get though, because it's capped at one hundred twenty five thousand people, and they sold out like eight months early this year. Yeah, they really? and they get more. They get more than twice the amount of vendor. Uh, submissions than they can accommodate. Yes. So it would be interesting to see like how big Comic Con could get if it wasn't limited. Let's put that. In, let's put that in perspective because people might not be aware of, like the behind the scenes stuff at Comic Con. We paid in full for our booth next year, two days before the convention ended this year. Gus was the fourth person in line. Yes, I was behind Square Enix. Yeah, and interestingly enough. What you you said was there was a whole, there were a whole bunch of people in line that weren't even vendors. They just showed up at San, at Comic Con on the last day to tr- to, to apply. Build, yeah, submit the form and try to get in for next year. Yeah, but you know what? They shouldn't get it. If you you should be able to maintain your streak and keep your booth. I really do believe you that. can. No, I mean, yeah, they do a good job. The it that. works. But well, they they got the stamp that was like what was the stamp? The stamp says waitlist. Wait and you just feel bad for all those people. It's like waitlist, waitlist, waitlist. All right, get out of line. How lucky were we to get in that first year we applied? It's unbelievable. I can't imagine getting in now. I don't yeah. know how that yeah. even works. And now yeah. we're grandfathered. You know, I mean, there are a ton of booths that you see every year, year after year. They're mostly comic booths, sadly enough, where there's no one there. You just see the guy sitting there, and he's yeah. sitting there for hours on end. And I'm just thinking. 
this booth is expensive. A lot of people would want this booth. I mean, I, I respect the guy for, you know, getting out there and trying to make it work, but I've seen this guy for five years, you know? It's yeah. just like, maybe it's time to, like, stir the pot a little bit. It's, it's yeah. time to give us your booth. You know, if they, went to, <laughs> if they went down to a point now where they said, look, we're going to wipe this light clean, and we're just going to auction off spaces, oh. that would be a ridiculous... It, it would be a ridiculous land grab. And here's the most perplexing thing about Comic-Con, is 125,000 people... Paying what forty bucks a day? It's a hundred dollars a day now. A hundred going to a hundred dollars a day. It's a hundred dollars a day. It's going to a hundred dollars a day next wow. year. Wow! That I mean, a hundred dollars a day for one hundred twenty-five thousand wow. people is twelve million dollars a day. Comic Con International is a non-profit company. You know, if if they auctioned off exhibitor space like that, like you just said, in which they're not going to do, that would be terrible because it would push people like us out. It would only it would. be giant businesses. It would. You know, it would be Warner Brothers would take up half the hall. Uh, you know. Video games would take up, you know, a quarter of the hall. Yeah. And like the uh, the Scott Campbell's of the world. Scott C. Would, Scott C's wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be seen. Yeah. All right. No, I agree. We, we got to wrap this up. Well, let's, let's worry about number one here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. We got to wrap this up. Hey, right. uh, throw, you know, here's what I like to see less of at Comic-Con. I'm getting sick of zombies. I'm getting sick of zombies. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that it's only going to go up next year. That zombie stuff is getting so saturated right now. Get get your finger off the mouse button. We're hey, not stopping. We're still hey, talking. Props to zombies. Props to Gus for another successful... Comic Con, yeah, yeah, pro- made all the administration. Plus, organizes all of our stuff. Props to everyone. It's it's a team effort. All right, all right look at you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Ta ta. <laughs>